Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are doing a new, recent, fresh film. A film that was supposed to save the rom-com in cinema to bring it back, to bring it back. And of course, we are talking about Marry Me, directed by Kat Coro, who also directed A Case of You, which is definitely a future episode, and While and While We Were Here, which I'm, might be a future episode if I even figure out what that is and where it is. <laughs> Well, it's based on a graphic novel, I heard. Okay, I did not know that. That's interesting. But the writers are John Rogers, Harper Dill, and Tammy Sager. Three people and a director. And of course, the star, the icon, the moment, Jennifer Lopez is in this film. And she's also a producer, so you know that she's really, really behind it. It's J-Lo... She's in this film. Like, she is, like, her soul. in it. <laughs> her entire heart. Everything. J-Lo. We got Owen Wilson. We got Maluma, whose, mu- whose music I'd never heard before this. And he, he sounds really nice. We got John Bradley. Sarah Silverman. Chloe Coleman, who was played Zoe Kravitz's daughter on Big Little Lies. Oh yeah, that took me a moment to make that connection. And then I was like, oh, right. Okay, this famous child. Yeah, Michelle Bateau, who's like, you know, she's like funny. She was in Always Be My Maybe and Happiest Season and Isn't It Romantic. Oh, wow, this woman makes the rounds. Oh yeah, she's, you know, she made the ranks of stand-up and she's doing the thing. She's doing, doing the, the thing. thing in the movies. We love to see it. So marry me. It's out. You can watch it. <laughs> It's out. You can watch it. Jordan, I think we should talk about, like, both of us saw it in theaters, right? Like, we... We did. We supported this movie, and, and separately, with with partners, so, like... We really... I, I went to it last night, which, at the time of recording, that means Valentine's Day. My girlfriend, Alex, and I went. We, we saw it in Union Square. There were a bunch of people there and everybody there was laughing and making fun of it and having a good time. So it was, it was a great context to see this movie, but, but it is a very funny movie to see in the theaters because of how it is. How it is. Yes. I saw this with bear. I'm not on Valentine's day, but it was a, it was a Valentine's themed date and it was not a packed theater. I kind of wish it was. It was, and also in the theater that we were in, people just kept on walking out periodically. Like, people were... That's amazing. (laughs) Wait, wait, okay. Was it just, like, they were all going to pee or, like, going to get another snack? Or was it, like, they were leaving the movie? I'm pretty sure people were leaving during the movie. That's incredible, but also, what did they expect? (laughs) Wait, no. What I expected was it to be a movie. Now, to be... Now, to be very upfront, Marry Me is maybe, I I feel like one day it's going to be revealed as the first AI-generated film. I believe this film (laughs) was made by Al G. Rhythm, which is the bad guy from Space Jam 2. (laughs) I think that's an incredible theory. I would love to see, like, you create some sort of PowerPoint about this theory. I'd love to see this expanded on. Very interested in this. It's like, I don't know if it was like, I, I, I'm convinced that this movie is one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse because this is, this is, this is bleak right here. This is, this is dark. I consider this movie to be very bleak and dark and upsetting, not just because I don't like it, but because like, I found myself having a good time watching it at times and then I was disgusted with myself for having a good time because this this movie wait okay that's so funny I I also had a good time at moments watching it and then I had moments where I like yelled (laughs) 
where I actually yelled in the theater and I was like, no, you know, are you kidding me? A lot of people were doing that kind of thing. So I didn't feel like I was the one person ruining the movie because the movie was doing that for us. I didn't feel bad, though, about the moments that I enjoyed it. I'm very curious. Why did you feel shame or bad for moments of enjoyment? So Marry Me is the story of a a pop star, you know, kind of in her, she's in her, like, Beyonce years, kind of, in, in that area. And her name is Kat Valdez, and she is, she is dating Bastion, played by Maluma, and they have this new song, hit song called Marry Me, and she she's been on tour and she's like gonna end the tour with a performance of that song with with bastian and then he's supposed to then they're supposed to get married on stage after the performance and it's like this whole big thing and she's wearing this really fancy this gorgeous dress one of the best wedding dresses i've ever seen in my life it is stunning it's absolutely stunning yeah and so, like, that that's the setup, but, and then on, on the, on the flip side, there's also, there's a math teacher played by Owen Wilson, he's got a young black daughter, his ex is, his ex is black, we see her in, like, one scene, he's got, like, a daughter, her name is Lou, he's friends with Sarah Silverman, who is the guidance counselor at the school that they, that they both work at, and Sarah Silverman gets him to come, him and Lou to come to this concert. So that, so he's just the guy who's just at this concert because, because his coworker wants him to be there for some reason. I kept on thinking when the trailers came that that was going to be his sister. But the fact that it's his coworker is just like even weirder because they're spending all of this time together and they're not. I can't even tell if they're friends or if she's just, if Sarah Silverman well, is just following this man around. Well, like Sarah Silverman's going through a breakup and that's like one of the ongoing bits is that she's like mad at her ex-girlfriend and she was supposed to go to this concert with her ex-girlfriend and all this stuff. So she's like, I have these tickets. She was going to take her ex-girlfriend with, with her ex-girlfriend's new girlfriend to this concert and then they bailed. And so she's like, please come hang out with me at this concert. I needed, I need to take Instagram stories to make my ex jealous and realize that she missed out on me. And Owen Wilson's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, he's like, I don't know who, you know, I don't know who Kat Valdez, which is JLo's character. He's like, I don't know who she is. I don't care. And Sarah Silverman's like, come on, be fun. And, and Owen Wilson, you know, has this kind of classic dad plot, you know, he's, divorced dad and his daughter is 12 and she's like coming into herself a little but she's still very much a kid and she doesn't think he's cool she doesn't really connect with him you know and she she really likes her new stepdad I don't know if it's he's officially her stepdad or just like her mom's boyfriend but she's very much just like oh dad you're so boring and so Sarah Silverman's like, well, I have another ticket, so you could bring your daughter, and she's going to love this, like, going to this big pop star's concert. This is going to be awesome. So that's that's how she gets him there. And I think, I think Sarah Silverman is – I think they're work friends. Like, to me, they feel like work friends in the classic sense, where if they didn't work in the same school, there would be no reason for them to be friends because they are so different and they have such different sensibilities. But I do believe – I think she finds his dorkiness and the way that he's very consistent, comforting. And I think that she brings a lot of just like interest and fun to his life that he needs. So that's my take on their friendship. Yeah. Yeah. I'll buy that. Sure. She, I mean, and she's definitely like a highlight of this movie. She seems to be, I don't know. It's like, it's not even that other people are doing a bad job. It's just that, like, the the frequency that she's on is the frequency that really everybody should be on, but they're not for some reason. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I Because the thing is, this movie is, like, the plot is really silly. It's really over the top. It's very rom-com. 
you know, there's slightly fresh elements of the plot, but then everything inside the plot is very tropey. And so Sarah Silverman knows what movie she's in and she's like, I am going to be the funny coworker friend. And she is fully in it. Owen Wilson, I'm going to specifically call him out. I feel like his performance is really uneven. Like, I feel like there's moments where he is fully Charlie and he feels fully like his character. And then there's moments where, I don't know if this is a directing thing or his acting or the writing, where it almost feels like he's trying to figure out how to still be more of an Owen Wilson character and this isn't the kind of character people associate him with. You know, I kept on asking myself one question every single time Owen Wilson was on screen and it was, does he want to be here? Yeah, that was definitely a question I had as well. Because, like, J-Lo wants to be there. She helped produce the movie. She wants this to be made. Yeah, he he didn't really want to be there. And I get the feeling that it wasn't originally supposed to be him. I get the feeling that it ha- that it must have been somebody else. And that he was a replacement or something. Because it's just the energy of it. Okay, so the big thing is, is that she's about to do her vows with her man and then there's like a tmz leak and you find out that her assistant who we only see in like one scene and not even fully her assistant is sleeping with bastion and she finds out like right before she's about to get on stage and then it's like oh uh what am i gonna do and for some reason, I don't even know the real context of like how Owen Wilson ended up holding the sign "Marry Me," but he's holding the sign "Marry Me," and it's like for the song. And she just like points to him, and she's just like, "Yeah, you know what? I will. I'll marry you." And then the camera zooms in on him, and then he's like blown up in the screen behind her, and he's just like, "Me? What?" And it just almost feels like that's how he was also chosen to be in this movie. <laughs> yes well yeah because like his character so much of the time his character is very reserved and very much over it like he's not not over it that's not really the right read but he is supposed to be a very practical man like his personality is that he is very you know he he likes to teach math he cares about his daughter he knows he has a lot of opinions about social media like he's very much on the like you know it's all curated it's not real and has a lot of opinions about Kat Valdez as like a pop star and how like fabricated it is. And he's not wrong about that. A lot, a lot of his personality, I feel like both the charm side and the, the flaw is that he's returning to that constantly is like this withdrawal of like, Oh, well that's fake. Or what's the point? Obviously I can't compete. So I'm I'm taking myself out of the scene. I'm taking myself out of this potential relationship. And I feel like Owen Wilson himself was going through that where he's kind of like going back and forth of like, am I in this movie? Oh, maybe I'm not in this movie. Maybe I could just not be in this movie. <laughs> and then he's like, no, I'm in this movie. I'm in this movie. It's cool. And then he's like, oh, I don't know. Am I in this movie? And like, you can see it happening in his eyes. Yeah. That's so- <laughs> So I'm going to get to why, why I think that this movie is insidious. This is a movie that's supposed to be about a pop star finding love with this regular New York dad, math teacher, guy who carries his adorable dog around. Uh, love the dog. Great character. <laughs> yeah, the dog is named Tank and falls asleep during walks, which, I, yeah. same. Oh, I love Tank. Tank is perfect. 10 out of 10. So much of this movie is just the original music for the movie. Like, so there's so much, like, cat songs. There's so much of Bastion songs. And it feels like there's always a performance happening. And it's like, there's, like, more songs than, like, an episode of Glee. Like, the songs are constant and relentless and what's also constant and relentless is the social media aspect of it like we're constantly we're not just like watching the film we're also watching social media reactions 
to like what the characters are doing so you're constantly seeing like instagram stories and accounts and tiktoks and like and it's and it's all like popping up like on it's like part of the screen like there's like cell phones on the side of the screen like this like there's like a cell phone like frame around the screen and it just feels like every single time i see it it's just like you're trying to sell me an iphone you're trying to sell me an iphone you're trying to get me on instagram you're trying to get me on tiktok you're trying to like it just it constantly feels like it's trying to sell me something even the vitamix thing so cat <laughs> does like these like vitamix promos but even like the promo like it's supposed to be about like oh yeah it's so silly being a celebrity and having to sell shit all the time but the way that it's set up in the movie it just made me want a vitamix like it's just this is what i mean where it's just like insidious like and i also don't believe later on um owen wilson does this thing where he's like why don't you try to like live real and like don't have your like servants and don't use your abs or whatever and this woman this woman puts in the ingredients in the blender and then does not put the top on i'm sorry i'm sorry j-lo is like a 50 year old woman and she looks she looks incredible like she's an incredible looking like gorgeous beautiful person but she is a 50 year old woman and her character i'm sure isn't much like it's maybe like like maybe supposed to be like in her early 40s maybe maybe yeah. in her 40s but uh, yeah it's made clear that she's like past her mid 30s there's one that's the only reference to her age like she is a grown ass woman she knows what a fucking blender is i died <laughs> died at that scene like when she puts it in and then there's like supposed to be that moment where it's cute where owen wilson and her look at each other and they're like like they're like oh and she's like oh i'm so embarrassed i've never done this i was like are you fucking kidding me movie come on yeah no it's it's crazy it's it's crazy and so there's also a math competition like a mathalon and lou owen wilson's daughter has like stage fright issues and it, when she was at another school she had she had done it and she choked and everybody knows which i love that everybody knows i love the idea that like the nerds that that nerds also are bullies to other nerds it's like oh you're not nerdy yeah. enough for the nerd club like okay <laughs> i mean we all know that's true we're on the internet <laughs> we see it happen every true. day it's true <laughs> I, those those kids are on Twitter bullying oh someone my right God. now. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. So there's that, but it's like, oh no, she has stage fright, and it's like she has stage fright. Cat is a performer, and it's like it's like oh my God, here's how you here's how you are on stage, and like let's dance, and it's just everything about it that should be like adorable and cute just feel so cynical because I constantly feel like they're not just trying to sell me products. They're also trying to like sell me a rom-com without like giving me a rom-com because there is absolutely positively zero chemistry between the two in the movie. And the movie doesn't try. It's like the movie, the movie is so confident that we don't need it. And that's what pisses me off. I agree that they don't have chemistry. Like, I, I feel like J-Lo is, I feel like they're in different movies. I feel like J-Lo and Owen Wilson are in different movies. Like, I, and and there there's one scene where I feel like I almost can see them having chemistry and it gets cut pretty short. And it's when they're at her place and, you know, he's talking about the dance and everything and they're making a few jokes back and forth. But what I feel happens is the scenes where it's supposed to establish chemistry, they're either like the over-the-top montage type scenes where like she doesn't know what a blender is. And we're supposed to be like, oh look, they're blonding, they're they're blonding, they're bonding. He's showing her what a blender is. Or she has so many assistants around. And I know that's part of the point of the movie is to be like, look at, you know, how 
kind of surveyed and surrounded she is. And that's something that he has an issue with. And she also kind of realizes she doesn't want, like she doesn't want to have a team all the time, but because she has a team, it's very hard for them to have moments where they have chemistry, especially because it feels like Owen Wilson, like rolled out of bed and he's like, Oh fuck, I'm in a movie today. <laughs> like He's like, Oh shit. Luckily I'm playing a math teacher. So well, I can yeah. just do this. And he just like does, like he doesn't even brush his hair. Like Owen Wilson, you know, say what you will about whether you think he's attractive or not. I think he's, in my opinion, he's an actor who can go both ways. Like he can be hot in certain things and he cannot be in whatever. The point isn't even whether he's hot. It's that he doesn't brush his hair. He does not have that much hair. And somehow it is always unbrushed in this movie. And I'm like, he come on. He absolutely positively does not try at any point for any second like i would say the most compelling scene with them together is when they're listening to the song from camelot and they're dancing and they're about and then they're about to fuck and it's only just because camelot that song like that scene made me once again it was selling me something it sold me camelot i now want to listen to camelot because i was like this is great and he was like oh i'm embarrassed i'm a nerd i want to turn the music off and she's like no this sounds awesome and i'm just like yeah it does yeah that i did like the camelot scene i thought that was cute and i also don't believe like when he says that he's embarrassed by it i also don't believe it i don't know i don't believe like anything that he says it just it's just weird like if, if you're listening to something like that epic and you're just like oh this is just nerdy like you could have put he could have put on something actually nerdy i don't know what that would be because I'm, I'm not a nerd i mean you know be safe out there i'm not one it's not it's not like he put on math rock he wasn't like hey i'm gonna put on don caballero wanna fuck like no like he put on a good fucking classic song. He had a nice record player. There was the moon was shining through the curtained window. It was very poetic. And like he's playing it for a musician. It's also, I feel like it's also condescending to act like just because someone's a pop musician that they're not going to appreciate different kinds of music. Like he makes this joke where he's like, oh, I feel like we should be listening to Drake or like whatever you listen to. And I was like, that's so rude. <laughs> like, I know, I know that it's supposed to be a joke about like him making fun of how nerdy he is or how he's unhip. But to me, it just reads, oh, you're like, you're a pretty pop lady. So you don't like any weird, interesting music. Like, maybe I was reading into it too no, much, but yeah, that was what it, it felt very like, oh, me and my dorky man tastes, you know, a classic movie soundtrack. <laughs> I, well, I felt like that totally his game too like I felt like his character that is how he has fucked in the past is playing Camelot just own it just know that this is your move well his character just like is so like judgmental of her like all the time he just like immediately assumes that she's really shallow and is just like it's it's weird and this whole thing is just like I'm you know I'm real he doesn't like say that but that's kind of like his whole thing like when they put makeup on him for the appearance on a tv show on the, the press conference he's like i'm never gonna put it on again it's like literally everybody puts on makeup to be on tv what the fuck is wrong with you dude like <laughs> they didn't like give you a prosthetic face like calm down <laughs> like like you would think the way he talks about makeup you would think that he like got plastic surgery just to appear once like i was like dude Somebody put a little concealer on you. You should say thank you. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, like it's, it's not that deep. Like oh, they were just like your face is shiny, and it's like yeah, like these people have to make it look good. Like putting a little bit of putting a little bit of like powder on the face stops the shine. Like what what are you? But you see, Jordan, he is a shiny man, and he wants people to see. He's like, no, I want my greasy face to be on there. I just like thought that was so funny for that to be one of his battles is the makeup because like you know him feeling weird about all the brand endorsements and stuff like that's a critique that's a valid thing to question but the way he questions everything it doesn't feel like he's critiquing capitalism it feels like he's critiquing cat you know it feels like he's like why are you doing this and it's like well this is a bigger question of how do musicians navigate in the world how do they make money in this genre is it possible to sustain you know, it like the kind of music she makes is what people listen to on the radio. 
but he's just like, you're dumb. <laughs> he's like, you're dumb and shiny, but you are pretty. Yeah, like, it's so weird, because, like, the thing is, is that J-Lo is essentially playing J-Lo. Like, he's not really trying to be someone else, and J-Lo comes off as a very intelligent and thoughtful and, you know, layered person. Like, I've never looked at J-Lo and thought, oh, this is an idiot over here. Like, it's just so, so it's just weird. It just feels like when he's stereotyping her that he's, like, talking about someone else. I'm like, are you talking about this grown-ass, age-appropriate woman who is taking this very seriously? (laughs) Right, and, like... And it's weird because, like, you know, again, like, the reason that they even start hanging out is because she finds out that Bastion was cheating and then she's supposed to sing the Marry Me song and she ends up asking a random audience member to come on stage and marry her because Owen Wilson has a Marry Me sign. So, like, you know, it all starts with this weird stunt and and his whole thing as well. I could tell that she was having a breakdown, which, yes, she was. And I wanted to do the right thing. And then, you know, her publicists are like, you need to clean this up. And she's like, what if I just stay married to this guy for a few months? And like, we just tell everyone that I'm just trying a different thing because I've been married before and it didn't work. So let's just try this. And it's interesting because like Owen Wilson is very clear from the beginning about the fact that he doesn't feel comfortable with this. You know, he doesn't understand why, why she's doing this. He doesn't, he like obviously he's already got a daughter and even though he's not married right now like he doesn't think that she's going to be into him but he does say yes and I think that there's a point where he needs to take ownership for his decision (laughs) because yes he does get pressured he definitely gets pressured because he definitely pushes back and he's like I want to keep my teaching schedule at first he doesn't want to get social media and you know they give him a, a special iPhone for scheduling and Cause he like has like a Nokia basically. I loved his flip phone. And like when I was in the theater with Bear and she was just like, you make an Instagram account. Bear was just sitting there just like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean like, if, like, like seeing him with his flip phone, I was like, I've actually considered downgrading my phone. Like I would obviously keep all my internet shit, but I I just do it on my computer. I don't think it's realistic, but like I've been daydreaming about that. So seeing his flip phone was aspirational in that sense. (laughs) But there is a point where it's been a few months of this and they're actually starting to fall for each other, you know, after the Camelot night where he's still kind of coming down on her about her social media and basically about the trappings of fame. And that's when I get annoyed at him because it's like, at this point, you are choosing this dude. Like, you don't have to hang out with her this much. You're only supposed to hang out with her these certain times for photos and whatnot, which you know. You're trying to hang out with her more and then you're annoyed because she's famous, but you knew that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't act like this is all her fault because you are also making choices. Yeah, um, and also just, like, I also feel like the movie kind of goes overboard with her. Like, she can't, she doesn't know how to get into her own house. Like, I don't, I don't know if I believe that. And also, there's that guy, Kofi, who's always, like, documenting things. I love that most of the movie is just people telling him to go away. He just shows up with the cameras. It's like, oh, no, you can go. <laughs> Justice for Kofi. I do love that you know Kofi gets paid well. Like, Kofi probably just goes and smokes a blunt and then, like, comes out with a camera at the wrong time. And they're like, go leave. And he's like, all right, I'll build these hours. <laughs> Whatever. Like, he's, he's doing fine. He's probably like going to the bar to meet his friends and he's like, yeah, I didn't work again, but whatever. They won't notice. <laughs> like, Yeah. I mean, there's a scene where JLo literally throws something through her glass door because like she, she throws a rock. She throws a rock so that she can break into her own house because apparently she doesn't know how doors work. And first of all, this is very offensive because it doesn't matter how rich or famous you are. You are still a human being on earth. You're going to know some of these things. But second of all, One of the things about her character that is very much centered at the beginning of the movie is that she grew up with a single father and she didn't grow up with money. So that's the other thing that's weird to me. I'm like, even if she got famous at 15, if she didn't grow up with like a whole team of staff, you're going to learn basic life skills. There's going to be a few that you're going to (laughs) get. You're going to let yourself in the house. You're going to work a washing machine. 
You know, like I just, you're going to learn what a blender is, even if you don't have one at your house. Yeah. No, it's crazy the way that the movie treats her. Cause it's like, and the movie is acting like she needs to change, which I don't actually, that's my biggest, my hottest take. I don't actually think that she does. I don't think that there's really anything wrong with her. I just think that she has had some bad marriages and was dating a man younger than her that she knew was on some fuck shit. Oh yeah, that's the thing. Bastion like comes comes in and out of the movie whenever he feels like it. He's always wearing a very flamboyant outfit and he's always flirting with somebody. And like the movie, (laughs) but then the movie is still just like, is she going to choose him? And it's like, no, she made the decision at the beginning of the movie that she wasn't going to choose him. And even in the moments where she's like wavering on him, I never get the sense that she's going to marry him. I do get the sense that she might fuck him again, but like there's never, why does uh, this movie just seems to think that she's so stupid when he's just like rolling up, just like touching random bitches faces and shit. Like, are you kidding? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I don't really think she needs to change either. And I think it's very weird to have this thing where they're not acknowledging that in order to be a famous pop musician, you do need a team like that. Like there is no person who is going to be so competent and have so much time in the day that they can do all of the things that are required to maintain the image of a famous mega international pop star. You know, that that's the difference between that and like being an indie artist or you, you like, she doesn't have time to be DIY. <laughs> she is Beyonce, you know, she is JLo. Like she, so like this idea that she needs to not have a team is so weird. Cause it's not like in the movie, she's sitting around all day ordering a team to fan her and feed her. She just has people who are like scheduling her 8 million things you know, or, or like calling the press and talking to them. Because if she did that, she would never have the time to do these interviews on, you know, Good Morning America or write her songs or go play at at stadiums. Like she wouldn't be able to do all that if she was doing all the busy work. So that's the other thing that I thought was so annoying about Owen Wilson was he didn't seem to acknowledge that it is literally like his life is not comparable to hers. She is not living a quote normal life so therefore she does need a team because it's not about actually who she is as a person it's about the projection of you know like her brand as an artist and you know there's a lot to unpack with that of course but I just think it's really funny that he's like I'm so smart by the way you don't need a team and it's like how the fuck is she gonna like (laughs) like yes she can make her own sandwiches I get it like she doesn't have to order like somebody to do every single thing, but she's still going to need a team because of the nature of her career. Like you can't teach everyone at the school. You can only teach your class. She is a school. Like she is a school. Like she, you know what I mean? She has no, that's the thing. Like he has no real advice to give her. He has nothing to give her. He has nothing to offer. The only appeal of him in this movie is that he is normal and that he's not going to cheat on her. That is the appeal. This movie, their entire romance is built on the fact that one, he is age appropriate and two, he is not going to cheat on her. Like that's really it. And maybe and maybe three, that he's never going to like go to the press and talk shit about her. So essentially like, it's really, and I get it, I get it. It's really hard for celebrities to find somebody who isn't a piece of total garbage. But literally his only appeal is that he is not a piece of total garbage. That's it. <laughs> yeah, like, and I think I think there's also this element of like, he does love his daughter. And so I feel like the movie wants us to believe that there's this angle of well he's a good dad he's a loving responsible man and she's into that but you actually never hear her character say she wants kids because that was something I was expecting I was thinking okay and by the way I'm not saying this would make them magically have chemistry or make up for anything but I kept expecting her to say that she really wanted to have kids Mm -hmm. because that would have made a lot more sense because she gets along with his daughter And he is clearly a dad and he likes being a dad. And that would have been an angle that I think could have felt more romantic and less like this movie is just beating J-Lo down and like 
punishing her for like fucking a hot guy who's younger than her. <laughs> like, you know, like punishing her for like daring to be successful in this, you know, very like overt way. Yeah. But it doesn't do that angle. It doesn't do that angle. It's just like, yeah, he's a dad. That's part of why I like him. But I totally agree with you. I think one of the big issues is that we are supposed to be like, yeah, she needs to be humble. Like, it just feels like a very old misogynist trick to be like, oh, look at this beautiful, successful woman. What's wrong with her? She needs a man. And she wants one. So, like, let's find one that, like, doesn't even know who she is. And, like, like that I could understand his appeal, the whole, like, he doesn't know who I am. Like, if you're a celebrity, I do think there's probably a point where it's kind of, like, weirdly refreshing if someone doesn't know all your stuff. But, like, he doesn't respect who you are. No, so, he doesn't. You know? Like, he's so insecure and, like, has this projection of, oh, well, you're, like, you know, the hot, famous person that he can't, like realize that she is actually trying to have a conversation with him honestly like i would wager actually because she mentions that she's been like divorced like three times i would wager that she's probably been through more shit than he has he's only been divorced once like we don't know and like there's obviously a story behind the fact that she doesn't have kids it's just this weird thing that's like he's supposed to be so worldly and it's like She's been married more than you. (laughs) She's done more than you. She has more responsibility than you do. I mean, aside from the whole, like, having a child thing. But, like, it's crazy. If we were going to do it like this, he would have to be older. He would have to have more responsibility. He would have to have something going on that would make him qualified to have some shit to talk to her. But he's not. And it's like, I just wonder if it was, like, the dick because that scene like after they have sex where she's like in his pajama top and she's eating an apple like she's acting like she really got dicked down okay i was so curious about that too (laughs) because i was like it has to be the sex right because she's so happy and she even sets aside her whole day after that like she talks to her assistant and she's like you know what clear the day like that is some good d because you you know she lost thousands of dollars by clearing that day and like you know She's got she's got plans for world domination, world pop domination. So I do think it was the D and I think that they should have shown us like we don't need a full sex scene, but we need a little more of the idea of what the sex is so that we can like understand. Yeah. Right. I think I think there's movies we've covered that know how to do that. Yeah. I mean, it must have been the sex. Maybe he puts on Camelot and he's a little freak. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah, let me act that out. Yeah, I mean, it will also, it will also explain why he has like he has like a whole black ex-wife <laughs> that we never like. Also, like that's never really acknowledged. No, like you see her like, in one scene, and you only see you see her for as long as you see that assistant that that is with Bastion. Like one scene, and if you yeah. look away, you've completely missed her. <laughs> yeah, like what a weird choice to make, and then not have any like context you know what I mean like there's no conversation where JLo and Owen Wilson talk about like race or gender or anything or she asks about like his ex and it's just not acknowledged you know (laughs) it's just like and I'm not I'm not saying that this movie would have the range to like have a super nuanced in-depth conversation but to just completely ignore it is wild yeah yeah Okay, so one thing that I did really like about this movie, this movie, as we said, has has a lot of tropes in it. And if you've seen it, you you know, there's like a chase, there's a classic like airport scene. But I like the edits to the airport, like rushing to get to the thing scene. So of course, JLo, JLo like gets nominated for a Grammy in this movie. And because it's for her marry me song, they want her to perform it with her ex. And that causes this issue with Owen because he's basically like, yeah, you should go do it, whatever. And she's like, come with me, like, come see my performance. He's like, Oh, no, it's fine. I'll just hang out with my daughter. And then he watches the performance and his daughter's like, you need to go there. Like, she's gonna get back with him. And so like, Owen goes, and he like arrives at this after performance party. And of course, like everybody's hot and rich and kind of drunk and Bastion's like singing and being all sexy and JLo's all happy and glowy. And then Owen has this like wave of insecurity where he's like, oh shit, I'm like in the way. I'm totally like, why Why am I falling for her? This was all, you know, this was all a publicity stunt, 
you know, I, but instead of actually talking to JLo and being like, should I pull back? You know, how are you feeling? He just like kind of breaks up with her at this party, but not really. Like he doesn't even give her the dignity of actually telling her what's going on. He's just kind of like, oh, well, yeah, you wouldn't want to be with me. And she's like, wait, what's going on? And then he just like leaves the party. So after that, there's, you know, she writes a song that everyone thinks is about Bastion because it's like a missing your ex song, but it's actually about Owen Wilson. And Owen Wilson is like depressed because like he can't go anywhere without seeing a Vitamix cut out of her. (laughs) Not a joke. Like that is a real thing that happens. But of course the movie knows that it has to bring them back together. And there's a math, Mathalon. There's a mathalon, which is a real thing that is in this movie. And Owen Wilson and, you know, his daughter are going to be there. And JLo, like, has this moment where she realizes, like, she needs to go get him. And so this is a classic rom com moment. So she goes to the airport. But what I like about this is that it's realistic about what a celebrity would do and really anyone with money because it's not like she magically catches things on time. She just pays people off. (laughs) So like she gets to the airport and she's like, can anyone sell me their ticket for $5,000? And then like somebody's like, oh, that's actually illegal. And then like her assistant arrives just in time and is like, we got you a ticket. And then she gets off the plane and she's like, she can't get a cab in time. So then her and Sarah Silverman because Sarah Silverman is for some reason has met her there. Sarah Silverman is just like everywhere in this. And honestly, she's great in it. So I don't mind. She's made of magic. Yeah. I don't need explanations. She's wonderful. But Sarah Silverman stops a bus and is like, this superstar, this diva, this icon needs to get to the love of her life. And he is at a mathalon, which like, wow, love it. And then like JLo just offers to pay him a thousand dollars and he's like, ah, oh, fuck it. Okay, I'll drive you. And I was like, this is real. <laughs> this is like a bus driver is not going to care about this love story. He has bills to pay. But if you offer a thousand dollars, yeah. Like I just liked that her kind of big rush chase scene to get to the mathalon is just her being really rich and paying people a lot because that is the only time I believe one of those scenes could happen in real life (laughs) you know what I mean yeah just running just her running through the airport and that like that like latex dress and the heels (laughs) Yeah. And then her getting on the plane and being like, oh, I want caviar for everyone. And she's like, and then they're, that's the other thing. It's like, she knows that she's in coach. She knows that she can't. <gasps> oh my God. That was so funny when she was like, I want to get caviar and champagne. And they're like, all we have is like, <laughs> what is it? It's ham wraps and <laughs> like, and like some kind of like something ultra. Yeah, like, it was I was Michelob Ultra. I was dying at that. I was like, wow, shout out. <laughs> I was like, I feel represented in this ham rap moment. That's so funny. And then and yeah, like I love that she's just like, okay, fuck it. I'll get y'all that. Whatever poor person shit they serve here. Let's do it. <laughs> and then and then she asks if someone will sell her a coat, because she like doesn't have a coat with her. And I just I do just love that she's just buying she's just buying this. And I'm like, yeah, of course, that's what she'd do. She's yeah, right. that's, that's exactly what she would do. Like, yeah, okay. that, that's how you do it. Like, you're not gonna depend on the good of people's hearts. Come on. <laughs> We've all seen how that goes. She she needs to get out the money, and she does. This movie. Yeah. This movie. Just like oh, with the whole like, I gotta get to the math competition. And oh, Lou, oh yeah, she does the thing where she like shows up to their math class earlier in the movie and she like tries to help with stage fright by teaching them all to dance. And it's like, that's one of those scenes where I felt guilty for liking it. Because one, you know, I'm a mark. I love kids. I love, I love (laughs) it when adults in movies motivate kids are nice to kids. If an adult is nice to a child in a movie, I'm crying. I'm fucking yeah. crying. Oh my god, yeah. I, I, I'm like, like me watching Come On, Come On, I was just crying every second. It was just like, oh my god, they respect this child's autonomy. That's so beautiful. Like, I, and, but it's, but it's also just like, I also felt like I was watching like a Frosted Flakes ad. Like, it's just, it's weird. <laughs> no, it's, I, I'm so with you because like, yes, I'm also a Mark 
And there were definitely several of the kind of cheesy moments. Like there were some, several of the cheesy moments that I actually yelled at and was like mad or where I was just laughing because it was dumb. But there were a few where I was like, damn it, this is making me feel something. I'm so mad (laughs) because like, it does feel like a, a, a commercial, like you're half expecting it to be like an Amazon promotion or something. Like the way it's shot, yeah. It looks like a commercial. It's edited like a commercial. I've never seen editing like that in my life. I just kept on waiting for the product. Like, you know, when you're watching like a long commercial and you're just like, oh, I don't know where this gonna is going to end up. And they just like end up at like Arby's or something. And you've watched this whole like fucking drama. Like somebody's like coming yeah. out to their family. And, suddenly yeah, you're, like, and you're like crying because you're like, oh, my God, their family accepts them. That must have been so cathartic for them. And you're like, wow, cool. I'm so glad that they came out to their parents. And then, and then it's like Arby's ham slop. Put it in your butthole. And you're like, oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Here we are. It's just like, <laughs> like now on sale at Walmart. And I'm like, kill me now. Like, <laughs> Send me down the river. Yes. Cool. No scene in this movie that seems genuine, and it's strange because, like, like J Lo is being really genuine, but the movie around her just isn't. You know the other thing that was. Yes, no- I agree. I agree with that about J Lo being genuine in the movie around her, not and. It made me almost sad for J-Lo. I mean, I don't know her. She's fine. Like, I'm sure she's doing fine. But it made me sad because I felt. At least my take was that it felt like she really wanted this to be cute. Like she really wanted this to actually be cute and not in like an ironic way or like a cringe way or whatever. Like she wanted this to be a cute rom-com, but all the other choices around her were just like, we're going to make this ridiculous mix of factors and tropes and we're going to shoot it in a way that doesn't feel like a rom-com. It feels like an extended Hulu ad. So that even, because that's the thing is like, there's good performances in here. Sarah Silverman's great. JLo's very committed to her character. There's a lot of side characters that are very funny. There are funny moments. It's not like there's nothing there. It's just like the way it was all packaged. And then of course, a lot of the writing choices, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's packaged so badly. And, it, and I feel like the biggest tell is John Bradley who plays like her manager because John Bradley is giving the kind of performance that you would imagine for like like a rom-com of the past like you know like a four weddings and a funeral kind of performance a two weeks notice kind of performance a, a 27 dresses kind of performance where you feel like John Bradley he's really there he's present and he's actually trying but his sentiment like he has so much like he has a lot of her, heart. He has a lot of heart. He has heart a in lot there. of heart. And yeah. he like and he like loves her. Like I've never Yeah, he's a good guy. Like he's a good assistant. He's a friend. He's a good he's a good manager. I've never seen a manager like really, really care deeply. Like he's like he's he's always like he's just like I know that people like stereotype her and think that she's stupid, but she's actually like a really intelligent, beautiful, hardworking woman. And I'm just like this is the guy that you want to manage your career. And this is also a guy yes. that you would want in a better fucking movie. <laughs> I Okay, yeah. Alex and I also had that moment where we turned to each other and we were like, what if she was with him? Like, obviously, I get that being with your manager is not ideal. But we were like, he's like way more... Like, they have more chemistry. Like, he gets her. her. He He loves loves her. her. And, like, it would still fulfill the thing of it being, like, a regular person. Because, like, yes, he works in the industry, but he's not a performer. He's behind the scenes. You know, he's he seems pretty down to earth. That would be a different movie. But I was like, he has more. Like, I could see them together. Oh, he's the, he's from Game of Thrones. He's the game. Yeah. I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I didn't know that. Oh my god, I love this guy. Like I was just like Yeah. I was like who's this cutie? Where did he come from? Yeah, he's a total cutie. He was in Merlin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is the yeah, that was kind of like one of the positive things about this movie was that I came out being like I'm a like I'm a John Bradley fan. Like I I I wish the best for this man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love to see him. Glad he's doing it. 
glad he's doing the work, showing up here, bringing us a little bit of the energy that we think could have helped this. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's just like, man, I don't care about Jon Snow. I don't care about Rob Stark. I'm tired of seeing them and stuff. Bring more of this guy. I want more of this guy. (laughs) We need... We need what we what would make marry me better is if John Bradley was the male lead. Oh, absolutely! That would have been it. Would have been like he would brush his hair. Okay, oh he would brush his and hair would, for J Lo. And it would just be like, you know, she'd be like seeing him for the first time, and like that could be an actually really interesting thing because we're talking about like a little British white man, and we got this Puerto Rican woman like from New York, and it's like that's. Like meeting the family, that's a culture class that I want to see, dude. Like, oh, yeah, that I feel like there could be a lot of rich scenes with that context. I just love that we're just rewriting the movie. Um, <laughs> I know, we're like creating a completely different plot. We're like, so actually, it would work if it was actually a different movie. <laughs> if it was a different movie with a different director and a different editor, this is some of the worst directing and editing I have ever seen. Yeah, I really do blame the directing and editing because there's definitely, like we said, there's multiple people in here who perform really well. I mean, it's it's funny, like trying to think of an alternative to it. I mean, because this literally just came out. I feel like a lot of people listening to this are probably going to see it because um, it's also going to be streaming. Or is it streaming already? It's on, it's, it's on it's Peacock. On, it's on Peacock already. You know, I'm going to, I can't even believe that I'm saying this because I'm not even a big fan of this movie. But my suggestion, if you want to see this done better, watch Notting Hill. Yeah. This is making me realize, oh my God, I haven't watched Notting Hill for like 10 years. Have we done that for the pod? No, I don't, I don't think we have. I don't think we have. I don't know why I don't love it. Every single time I watch it, I think I'm going to love it. And then by the end, I don't. But there's still something about it. There's like stuff in the script that's that's compelling. We could do it. Maybe maybe Notting Hill could be like a medium romance <laughs> episode. Because <laughs> you know how we do bad romance and good romance? Maybe it'll be like a question mark romance mm-hmm, episode. Like, mark. huh, why? <laughs> what what do we feel I mean I had a lot of fun seeing this in theaters I actually it's weird to say oh you should either not watch this or see it in theaters but I genuinely feel that way about marry me because I think it's the kind of ridiculous where if you're in a theater with other people of course it depends on the theater like if if it's people who are not trying to have fun then maybe maybe I'm wrong there is something about seeing this in a theater I don't feel like that fun would translate to streaming like if I had watched this on streaming I don't think I would have paid attention because I would have been like what and but like in theater it was very funny to see it on a big screen so my recommendation is obviously if you want to see a better version of this see Notting Hill and you should either see this in theaters only if you feel safe of course because I know COVID rates are different everywhere and everyone has different health limits or not see it if a theater is not an option for you at all and you want to see it, then you should, you know, go for it, do streaming. But if you have the option and you're deciding, I say theater or nothing or, or a projector. I just think the bigness of this stupidity makes it fun. And without that, it would just be bleak. Yeah. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I'm Bronwyn Isaac and I love y'all. And, you know, we're on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And we have a Patreon with all these juicy bonus episodes about everything from erotic thrillers to How I Met Your Mother to The O.C. to young adult movies. And I just hope you're all loving your lives. (laughs) And if you're not, that's also valid. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm Bronwyn Isaac. Wow, that took me a while. I am Jordan Searles. Bye. Bye. Yeah, back it up, back it up. Uh, yeah, let's go this